<laughs> amen and amen. Good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. Glad to see you all out. Um, uh, before you sit down, why don't you find somebody you haven't talked to today and say, hey, good morning. Isn't it hot out? I was looking for people. There they are. Good. And more people. There's people. Hey. Where do you leave? Oh, I'm so glad I asked then. Okay. Hey. Good morning. Welcome to Bueller MB. Dustin. Uh, Dustin's been gone at camps. Uh, my name's Kurt. This is uh, Dustin. We're the pastors here. Dustin's been gone at camps. So welcome back, brother. Yes, thank you. It's good, it's good to be back. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how was it? We'll it was. It, we'll change the order. Yes, no, it, it was good. Um, man, both junior high camp and senior high camp, God was at work and doing some really cool things. And at some point, we'll hopefully get to share a little bit more about that. But I do appreciate all the prayers. Um, it was definitely needed, and it is a big deal. So thank you for praying. It's really just cool to get, see those things and how God's at work, but also to be back, too. Yes, indeed. I'm looking for a couple of the usual suspects from the videos. Okay, so Carson and Cooper were hilarious. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys all caught the... They were using the end of a putter to be the microphone on the video last week. Anyway, that was hilarious. Yep. So, yeah, yep. but I'm glad to hear God worked and moved. And uh, you even, let me tell you about my man Dustin here. He gets back from camp, and the seniors are like, we want to go on a day trip or an overnight trip to Canopolis. Yep. And he did it. So they, uh, they actually did go camping yes. overnight on yep. Friday night. Yep, it was yeah. good. I, it was hot, <laughs> but I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. It, we, uh, yeah, went camping, but it was, it was good. And I don't see a lot of them here now. <laughs> I no, see a couple yeah, right here. Well, anyway, so anyway, good for you, dude. Welcome back and all that. Uh, look, I know uh, you guys don't really care, but go abs! That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Seven zip last night? I mean, seriously. And if you're not a playoff hockey fan, I can't convince you. You just have to watch a game to see how exciting it is. That's all. Never mind. Go abs. Uh, there's some stuff we just want to keep in front of you from the boat. Not a lot. It's summer, but is there a couple of things, Dustin? Yes. So uh, VBS, I think there was a slide up here, and you can check your bulletin, but uh, not only to sign up if you have a, a child that wants to come to VBS, but also for leaders. We're also looking for leaders, so if you want to come help uh, for that week for VBS, I think there's also a link to sign up, and then more information will get to you as we get a little bit closer. Yeah, I'm looking for Renee. Are you in the house, Renee? She's busy doing stuff downstairs. So yeah, uh, they're feeling a little bit like this is coming fast. So if you're thinking about helping, sign up, would you? And then uh, there's snacks and stuff. That'd be great. Um, anything else? Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple other things in the bulletin you can check out. We talked about some stuff last week, and there's an opportunity to volunteer here and there, and uh, besides VBS. Uh, I, uh, for the last time, perhaps, 
Um, the conference is happening, the U.S. conference is happening in Kansas City area in about a month. But if you want to get a room at the place, like it says here, uh, you need to do that soon. Several of you have talked about it. It's time to pull the trigger. If you want to go sign up, you can be a delegate. It's all good because we can have like four or six. So, okay, that's that. Hey, we are Bueller MB, and this is what we're about. It's our mission and vision, and we're talking about how we can continually live on mission. Yes? Yeah. And so, uh, what we've been doing for the... Uh, I'll get to this more in a second. I know we have a lot of guests in the house today, so welcome to all of you. So glad to have you join us today. Um, but what we've been doing is we've been sharing to say, how have you seen God work? How have you seen uh, either yourself or others? How have you seen God work in our mission and vision? Or is there something on your heart that you would just like to share with our congregation today? So I'm going to wander up and down just for a minute. And uh, if you want to share something... I want to give you that opportunity, just a couple of people today, okay? So I'm looking and I'm looking. And I can't help it while I come up on Doug Kennel. You guys, Doug, and he's like, don't say anything. I'm gonna. We had AC trouble this week, and that just means it's so hot, and if you have AC trouble, that's a bad thing. But my man, Doug, he got the important ones <clears throat> figured out for today. So you're my hero, Doug. So I know, right? Yeah, he absolutely deserves a round of applause, but whatever. Okay, not to distract from spiritual things, I apologize. Oh, Judy Bands. I know, she shares all the time, huh? <laughs> Thanks. I'm kidding. You know, I love you. I know. Last week, Galen and I went to Great Bend um, through a connection and um, heard a speaker, a singer, and she is a black lady with a big voice. And I'm going to just read you. She, she's from Nashville, but she came because there's a ministry in Great Bend about Live for Jesus Today or some, something amazing going on in Great Bend. And so she wanted to come and join them in some of their mission work which they do a lot, but they went to a prison on Monday, last Monday, and I'm just going to read you what she said. This morning my mind won't release the holes in the doors I sang in in the prison on Monday, which I think was at Larned, Larned which is the maximum prison, the Bean Hole Ministry. After I sang a few songs, they asked the prison chaplain if I would walk down the hall so they could see where that sound was coming from. He asked me if I was comfortable with that. I couldn't wait because all I could think of is it's God's babies down these halls. And they're in um, isolation, whatever you call that. So as I walked, I saw their eyes through their peepholes. Some were smiling, some mad, some crying as I sang, I surrender all and just as I am. The prisoners have iPads to be able to communicate with prison staff. Before we could return to the chapel, an isolated inmate wrote, Chaplain, thank you for today. I know some will complain, but I want to thank you for allowing us to hear the most beautiful sound. Thank you. And she said, I broke. It was so dark and muggy in that hole, and I didn't know how it sounded to them, but I felt God's angels holding me up. 
I felt them walking that long hall with me. His angels sang with me in that prison. God's angels refreshed my spirit so that I was able to refresh them. I felt his angels all day. I'm so humbled. Oh, my God, I love you. Oh, how we break your heart, yet you love us. We rejoice in the fact that you yet seek us out wherever we are in life to show us that you care about our details, even in the darkest hole. And amen. So that's going on. Right? Absolutely. Yep, I appreciate that. Thanks, Judy. Seeing how God's working in other places like that, that's fantastic. Absolutely. Yep. All right. I think I had like a God moment or something to kind of relate a little bit to, to our mission. You know, part of our mission talks about making disciples. And I was having this conversation with somebody at camp. So at senior high camp in Glorietta, I don't know if it was Drew or somebody else, we were having this conversation. It was just kind of cool to see people formerly connected with Bueller MB at church camp and kind of serving in a leadership role. I know there was probably like three or four people formerly from Bueller MB and um, just as cool to see that and how this church, you know, kind of played a little bit of a, a role in kind of their faith journey, maybe their discipleship process. And so it was kind of cool just to see people like that. And I was like, well, you know, just even to name drop, I don't know if I should do that, but it was cool to, you know, see like um, Drew Pankratz from Utah. And so got to talk to him a little bit or um, Justin Hebert, for those that have kind of remember him, he's out as a youth leader in like uh, California. Huh. Even my cousin, yeah, okay. and my wow. cousin Ryan was on the med team, so Ryan Dick, and then, of course, seeing uh, S.D. Wickert serving at uh, Ridgepoint was kind of cool. So, I don't know, it was just cool to kind of talk to them, and if I missed somebody, there could have been more, but just to <laughs> see former people either that I went to youth group with or were kind of a part of this church and how the church kind of has played a little bit of a role in their faith journey, I just thought it was just kind of fitting with our mission on, on what we're about, so... That was kind of my little story Absolutely. I wanted to, wanted no, to share. That's a good one. That's really good. So again, uh, for, again, for guests, if you're like, what are they doing? Well, this is a thing we're, we're, we're trying, and we want to share together our lives. And uh, at this point, I'm going to try to remember regular, more regularly, there are prayer cards, connection cards in the hymnal rack in front of you. If during the service something strikes you, you'd like to share with the staff and the elders, uh, please fill that out, and you can drop it in the bucket on the way out. And this is the kind of stuff we want to share as a community, what God is doing, how we're seeing God work, even extended people. We don't know this woman, but Judy was aware, and it's a great story to share. To see people from Bueller MB in the past going out and doing ministry, that's fantastic. And then what's God doing for any of us, and if there's something we can pray about, you can even share that as the future unfolds. Remember what I said about three weeks ago, we're trying to level up, all right, church? We're leveling up. So we've had a, a great uh, time learning how to share together like this, and we will, we will keep it up. Uh, otherwise, uh, lest you think I forgot to all of the males, happy Father's Day. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and has made the Lord his hope and confidence. And so we want to wish everyone here. It's our practice at Bueller MB. If you are a male, you can have a candy bar at the end of the service. You're welcome. And they are in the bowls uh, by the coffee station and at the info desk. So uh, you don't have to be a dad. You don't have to be 21 or older. Right? I know, I know. So everybody that's a male can have a candy bar, and we'd love for you to share that way. 
uh, you're, okay, so what I was talking about a little bit ago, I'll just share, we have some sympathy we want to express again, these are mostly represented in the bulletin as well, but the Utsi family, Tina's dad passed away and they buried him this week, so we want to just continue to pray for their family. Uh, Rose Epp passed away last week, and so we have a lot of the funks. I'm going to tell you a story. So some of you remember how this works for me. Some of you think we're more connected than we are. Some of you forget we were connected at all. My sister married Rose's brother. Son. Son. No, brother. Just kidding. Wow. I just made my sister really old. <laughs> my sister married Rose's son. So, um, and here's... Uh, <laughs> Here, I was going to try to be serious for a sec. Swing and a miss. Wow. So, uh, and more than you care to know, but it's kind of what I do. Uh, the Funk clan was actually going to be in the area for a wedding. So they, had, they married one of Rose's granddaughters off yesterday. And so we have a lot of the Funk clan in the house. Welcome. I'm going to tell you a secret. One of my roommates from Tabor's in the house. And if you can find him, ha, that's fine. It's good. I love this guy. And I'm glad he's here. Ha, shucks. What a dork. <laughs> um, so, Rose's service is today at 2, and we'd love for you to come back and honor her as we worship Jesus together today. Uh, Melissa and I are on our way tomorrow. So, my mother's service has been uh, moved to Wednesday, or planned for Wednesday uh, afternoon, morning. And so, we're going to head out tomorrow after everything today. And then, ironically, our family already had this gathering planned for up in the mountains, so we have a busy week ahead. But we appreciate all your prayers, so many kind thoughts and words. We appreciate that a lot, and I know that's the case for everybody we've talked about here in our church. But we are here this morning to worship together. Amen? Amen. So I want to invite you to stand. Dustin's going to pray for us, and we are going to worship. All right. Well, let's pray. Uh, Dear Lord, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity we have just to gather here and to worship you. And so we pray that we can prepare our hearts uh, to do that as we continue to worship you. May you help us clear the clutter in our hearts or in our minds that might be distracting us. And may we just come and worship you. And we pray this in your name. Amen.
this life brings suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me, both now and
Though your mercy never fails me In all my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire And in darkest nights You are close like no other I've known you as a father Known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness
God, your goodness, it's overpowering. And we are so grateful that we can stand here before you with our arms, our hearts, our, our voices lifted high to your holy name. God, you are great. And your goodness has been shown to us. And even when we hurt, you're there. And when we're happy, you're there. And when we celebrate and when we, when we meet with family and we come together and we gather, you are there. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that, for that promise. We worship you this morning. Be with Pastor Kurt now as he brings a word from your message. Lord, speak to our hearts. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship today. And Mrs. Heiselman, you're doing well? Okay. Careful, careful, careful. All right. Good. Good to have you back. Good to have you back. And beads just between us. Remember, let's have this green mic available, you know, like we practiced. <clears throat> Hi. Don't listen. Hey, uh, I could act like I meant to put it here in the service, but I forgot because I hadn't written it down on our cheat sheets that Dustin and I do. And I don't, I don't know why I'm infatuated with this, but um, one of our own is off to the Air Force Academy, Tanner Lindahl. Tanner, just stand up right there. I didn't talk to him about this at all. Hang on, hang on. Control freak. How many times do I have to tell you? And that was my wife? <laughs> uh, Tanner's off to the Air Force Academy. And if you don't know anything about this, what did you tell me that, like, they're going to dump you with, like, just the clothes on your back almost? No phone, no extra No, anyway, so Tanner leaves Wednesday. And Jeremy, you guys will drive and drop him off. Yeah. So, you know, uh, here's the thing. Church... <laughs> I'm a little bit emotional these days. Can you imagine? Will you agree with me that when God reminds you, when the Spirit of God reminds you to pray for Tanner, who is going into a very specialized thing, he's going into the Air Force Academy to serve in the military and all that. Church, if you will remember to pray for Tanner whenever he's brought to your mind, will you just say amen? amen. Tanner, we want to <laughs> pray for you. And just hope that God uses you as salt and light in a place that desperately needs salt and light. So we just pray that you are able to be exactly what God wants you to be as you go off. So blessings to you, brother. So that's Tanner. You can clap now if you want. Yeah. And uh, I know we have other seniors that are going off to do things. We'll pray for them as well. But again, this is just kind of a cool thing. Did you get into the Air Force Academy? I didn't think so. That's all I'm saying. Sheesh, I didn't either, <laughs> and Tanner's an elite cross-country runner, just for the record. Hey, uh, again, we have a lot of guests in the house, and I could have tried to change courses and done something different, but I didn't, so we are grinding through the book of Acts, and we're <laughs> we've been grinding... And we're going to keep grinding, and we are uh, uh, at Acts chapter 7 today. And so, um, uh, just a reminder, again, because we have a lot of guests in the house today, and it's what I do anyway, a little bit of a recap. Remember the book of Acts, written by Luke? We are talking about the Jesus movement. 
uh, after Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, ascended into heaven, and all these apostles and others saw him do this, uh, they said, they were told to be his witnesses. So they were, we're talking a lot about living on mission and what that means. And so it's the Jesus movement, it's the birth of the church, and we are now talking about a very important figure in this whole great story, a guy named Stephen. Uh, let me just remind you, last week we had the setup. Remember, it's a setup, you dirty rat. You know, whatever. No, Stephen never said that, right? But it was a setup. And uh, half-truths and lies straight up and um, hearsay. And Stephen was accused and arrested of being a blasphemer. And so this week, we talk about the trial. And as I was thinking about this, here. I was thinking about Perry Mason. But you know what? So many of you don't know who Perry Mason is, but what about this? Wait. Oh, come on, I practiced. Oh, really? Oh, there it was. I was talking. Shh. Here we go again. Ready? Anybody know what that is? That's from a show called Law and Order. Thanks, John. I knew somebody would know. So this is epic because if you don't know who Perry Mason is, he was, and frankly, I'm too young for Perry Mason, really. I am. I, reruns, reruns in black and white, absolutely. Thank you. But uh, a law drama where the drama in the courtroom was just over the top, right? You know, yes, you did it, you know, whatever else. And the equivalent is law and order with that cool uh, sound. And so I want you to think about that sort of thing today as we look at the trial of Stephen, okay? Dump, dump. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to do it more than once just to keep you all awake. Uh, but let's remind ourselves then as we anticipate this incredible, important story in the book of Acts, uh, what was going on. So here were the charges we talked about last week from the previous chapter. Uh, we talked about he was, uh, he was doing such good work. God was using him. Uh, prior to that, he was elected as one of the, one of the uh, seven. He was a, you know, we say deacon, but it was more than that, whatever. He was taking care of widows, waiting on tables, whatever you want to say. And he was one of those. And he was powerfully ministering in that area. So guess, obviously, he caught the attention of the Jewish leaders, the Jewish police, the, uh, oh, whoops. Wow, that's cool. Oh, I've just messed it up. I'll bet I won't be able to find my sound effect again. Oh, well. Uh, anyway. Uh, and, and he caught the attention of the Sanhedrin, and so he was arrested. Remember, Peter and John, they were arrested. Then Peter and the apostles were all arrested. Now we're to this guy who wasn't an apostle, but he was ministering greatly. And then they were so uptight about him that they accused him of these things. They charged him with blasphemy. Remember, blasphemy against, the, it was huge for the religious leaders of the time, right? They, they accused him of blaspheming God, Moses, the law, and the temple. I mean, let me tell you, that's the, the trifecta. There's four of them though, right? So that's the trifecta plus one of things you, you don't want to be accused of if you're a good Jew. And this is what he was accused of. And so, uh, again, uh, uh, we ended intentionally last week with... The question they asked him, are these charges true? And now if this would work, it would be perfect timing. Stephen, are these charges true? Not bad. You know, okay, get ready. That sound means we're going to see what's up. Because Stephen, oh, you keep wanting to do other things. I don't want you to do other things. Okay. Uh, Stephen uh, is ready. 
because what's going to happen is this is way too long of a passage that I can't read it all. It's all of chapter 7. If you have a Bible or your app or your device, you can have it out on your lap, and I'd love for you to be you know, perusing it while I'm talking. But it's too long for me to really go through every little jot and tittle. But let's talk about then Stephen's response or his defense. So remember, the Sanhedrin was like 71 guys all in a semicircle, very intimidating, and you got one little Stephen. Can you imagine? Uh, these days they'd say, you know, Stephen, we can get you a public defender, <laughs> or you can hire a lawyer, and he's like, no, I got this. The Spirit of God's inside me. Amen? Yeah. So he stands up and, and he Im immediately launches into this incredible uh, speech, this defense, his response to the charges. And he responds by talking about the history of God's chosen people, Israel. And he, uh, uh, he launches in, again, so much to cover that I'll just try to give you the important high points. Um, uh, he talks about how God himself, he starts with this, God himself picked Abraham. And sometimes we in 2022 and beyond, we remember some of that history and some of that story. But remember, Abraham, the absolute patriarch of the Israel nation. He was the guy where it all started. God picked him out. In God's sovereignty, he picked out Abraham and said, you're my guy. I'm going to make you into my people. And so uh, he immediately, Stephen, Stephen immediately makes a connection with his accusers. Isn't that fascinating? Here he's sitting in front of all these guys that are really angry at him for following Jesus and telling others and all these things that he was doing, even miracles and whatnot. And he says, you're accusing me of all those things a screen ago. And he says, hey, let me tell you, God picked Abraham. And they, oh, okay. And he goes on then. He, he, um, uh, it's, a, it's a common ground. He's getting on their page. You guys are all uptight about me and you're mad at me. Let's get, let's get on the same page a little bit. Abraham, God picked him. And they're like, okay. And then he goes on for this, you know, most of this chapter, he talks about Abraham, his son Isaac, and his son Jacob. And remember, in a Jewish scheme of things, if you would say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of the Sanhedrin's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. The God of those guys, that's the real God. And so as he's giving his response, he's starting to answer those charges. Keep that in the back of your mind. And he says, Abraham was this, Jacob came around, his grandson, and he had the 12 patriarchs, and one of those guys was Joseph. He spent some time talking about Joseph, how Joseph was really rejected by his brothers, almost killed, sold off into Egypt, and look where God led him. He gets to be second in command of Egypt, gets to mess with his brothers a little bit when they come to visit him. You guys remember all those stories from Genesis? If you don't, go back and look someday. They're marvelous. And this is what Stephen's talking about talking about Joseph and, and how his brothers sort of rejected him. Then he heads to all the years that the Israelites were in Egypt and God called out Moses. And it was a terrible time, but look how God uh, raised up this kid in a basket. I don't think he mentions the basket, but uh, gets raised in Pharaoh's house. And he's leading, he, he's the guy that God has called to lead his people out of Egypt. And even then he's, he's even rejected. 
He says, uh, you know, that incident with uh, killing an Egyptian and then these other Israelites are like, you're going to kill me too. He mentions that, Stephen, in, in this speech. And so then off he goes 40 years in, in another place, comes back, and God uses him to deliver his people out of Egypt. And this is what Stephen's talking about. And from there... We see, you know, the law is given to Moses, the setup of the tabernacle, which eventually becomes the temple. This is, this is the whole, I mean, Stephen just launches in and he's telling this whole great story, this whole great history of Israel, God's chosen people. And again, if nothing else, <laughs> if nothing else, his accusers are like, huh, wow, I'm kind of impressed. This guy knows his history, if nothing else, you know, uh, there are two big themes that I want to talk about in his defense. So there were two, he's, he's done all this, and again, if you peruse chapter 7 quite a bit, one of the things is remembering in his speaking that is sort of alluded to or subtly, uh, uh, sort of not so hidden, but a little bit of a hidden agenda in his speaking is Israel's history of rejecting leaders that God has raised up. So again, we saw Joseph, who he was rejected by his brothers and messed with and all that, but God used him. Moses was rejected early on and then even along the whole way, all the years in the desert, in the wilderness or whatever, there were often times when they're like, Moses, Moses, we don't let you know and all this. And so uh, this is the pattern that you start to see when he's giving this history. Even leaders and, and, and important people in Israel's past are rejecting the ones that God has raised up to use. And that's, uh, again, not so, but sort of subtly uh, in this dissertation that Stephen is giving. The other thing is, there was a, uh, he wants to make it clear there's a misunderstanding about the tabernacle and the temple. Uh, this idea that... Uh, God's presence. How does that work? Remember, the tabernacle would have smoke or fire and it would represent God's presence. And, and, but look what happened. Even in the middle of that, they didn't get it because they were still full of idolatry. The time you, a lot of us will remember from this era was when Moses is up on the mountain and they're like, where'd that Moses guy go? Hey, Aaron, make us a golden calf. I mean, are you kidding me? Moses is up getting the law. And so they really misunderstood and really abused this. Look at um, verse 40 and 40 to 43 of our passage today. Um, they told Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, we don't know what happened to him. That was the time they made an idol in the form of a calf. They brought sacrifices to it, reveled in, in uh, what their own hands had made. But God turned away from them and gave them over to worship the sun, moon, stars. And this agrees, Stephen is saying all this, this agrees what is written in the book of the prophets. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings? Forty years in the wilderness, people of Israel, you've taken up the tabernacle of Moloch, that's a false god, and the star of the god Raphan, same answer, the idols you made to worship, then for, therefore I'm going to send you into exile. So Stephen's recounting all this and saying, you know, here God was given us his presence, as a, a representation of his presence, and we didn't, we, we worshipped other things, come on! And that's alluded to in this whole, in this whole uh, speech that Stephen's giving. The other thing is then the, uh, that they'd misunderstood is, look, God doesn't really live there. Now, if you're, if you're tracking with me in this Acts 
series, this is so appropriate right now because what we saw was God's people saw God's presence in the temple, in the tabernacle, in the temple. They said, that's where my God hangs out. And it was, it, it, there were very good things about that, right? But by the time we fast forward to Pentecost, what do we find out now? You know what? God's not really living in any particular place because he's God for Pete's sake. And that's, and that's uh, also represented then, let me make sure I get this, in verse 48 and 49 of our passage today. Uh, Stephen says, the most high does not live in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, verse 49, heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. What kind of house are you going to build for me? What kind of house are you going to build for me, punks? Okay, God probably doesn't have an attitude like that, but don't you think a little? I don't know. So they misunderstood God doesn't really live there. And, and the appropriate part about Acts is, where now does the Spirit of God live? If you trust Jesus, he's put his presence inside you. Folks, this is remarkable. And Stephen's starting to allude to all this, right? So in the end... What happens, even in the middle of all of these, uh, even in the middle of all this history and all this, he basically does do a great job. In effect, he defends himself. So he does a great job of defending himself against those charges. I, I know God probably better than you guys do. He didn't say that, but that's alluded in there. Moses, the law, the temple, I didn't diss any of that. And, and here we go, here we go. So uh, he, he's made a great defense, and again, in effect, he has defended himself well, but then what happens? Oh, shoot, I hope I didn't lose my sound effect. Here we go. There's a twist. There's a twist in Stephen's approach and it turns out he can't help himself because he's just defended himself well and mo most of us would think well maybe he should just be quiet and maybe they'll let him go or something but no he absolutely turns the tables on his accusers so if you do have your device or your bible open let's have a look at his response in chapter 7 of acts and verse 51 through 53 you stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? Now, that's a little snarky. Was there ever? You know, was there ever a prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You have received, you who have received the law that was given through the angels, but you have not obeyed it. Now he, he has absolutely crossed the line now. Remember in, in the earlier arrest with the apostles, they're already saying, you guys keep trying to blame us for this guy's death. This Jesus guy, you keep trying to blame us for it. And the apostles are like, well, yeah. And so Stephen's going to pile on. Not only are you also resisting him, you've basically murdered God's guy. Now, I imagine uh, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can figure how, how that went over. 
So if we were in the middle of a trial and you feel like you defended yourself well, but then you look at the, the, the judge or the jury or something and say, and in the end, you guys are really the ones that should be in jail. Yeah, that's not going to go over it. Guilty, guilty. So here's, here's what we find out. Here's the result. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Anybody want to show me what gnashing your teeth looks like? Just kidding, don't do it. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, church, 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 I'm going to keep, and I'm going to say this again in a minute, full of the Holy Spirit, don't lose sight of that. Move it to the top of your list. Here we go. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing in the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But at this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So we can see the result of his not only good defense and his response, his then accusation to his accusers, and the response was obviously Depending on your perspective, right? It was terrible because Stephen became the first martyr. The first martyr killed for following Jesus. So, Bueller and B people, remember the progression. Steve, uh, Stephen, uh, Peter and John, they kind of talked their way out and they talked to him and they let him go. Okay, then the next time the apostles were all arrested, they flogged them so it was getting worse look you guys still aren't listening you're blaming us for this guy's death they get whipped and flogged and they let him go and then now look at the progression it has now happened that actually taking of a life for following jesus now um i should say this there's some debate about how legal this was that you know we know that going back to the account of jesus the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders of Israel came to Rome and said, look, we can't execute anybody. You don't like it when we do that. <laughs> you know, we can't legally do that, so we want you to, you know, Pontius Pilate to pronounce whatever. So we don't really know what happened. I'm inclined to think, yeah, this was a mob rule sort of thing. There was no stopping them. And those Roman guards that might have been, I don't know, I'm making this up now, but, you know, scattered about, what are they doing? Well, there's, there's three of us and a whole mob I guess we're going to watch this, and, and, you know, not to be too graphic and too awful, but stoning is terrible. I mean, just think about it a little bit. Throwing rocks at somebody until they die? Talk about, you know, massive head trauma, right? So it was probably a mob mentality. We don't know how legal it was. It doesn't matter because the result was the same. Stephen was killed. So that was obviously one of the results, uh, very important. The other, let me finish our study passage for today, uh, going into chapter 8 then. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen, mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women and put them in prison. So what we see, the other result is, besides the first martyr that Stephen becomes, the church is suddenly scattered. 
And if you even think ahead a little bit, if you're familiar at all with what's going to be to come for us as we continue grinding through Acts, uh, this was clearly God's sovereign plan. Seems like an awful thing to have this harsh of persecution, actual killing somebody just for following Jesus and ministering to him and miracles, signs, and whatever, and he's killed for that. But God said, yeah, the church is going to spread. So even though it's tragic, it's kind of cool. As we've been going through this, we've regularly been asking ourselves, what does this mean for us? So as we think about this passage, I got a couple things I want you to think about. First of all, I, I, you know what? You, I'm going to put it up in a sec. You all, I should, I should audibly hear eye rolls at some level because you're like, he says this every week. I'm going to say it again this week. One of the things we have to take with us, church, is the idea of filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have admitted, I don't always know what that looks like. And we have agreed that God, as God, gets to manifest how his spirit looks and works and moves in our, in our lives, right? Right? Yeah. But we can't deny the idea that everyone that is talked about in Acts was filled with the spirit to do what God wanted them to do. And so how can we not seek that? I, I've been challenging myself, you know, as much as I remember in the morning, God, fill me with your spirit today. Get, you know, get past knucklehead me and let me be more like you, whatever that looks like. So I don't know, we're, we're, we're probably not going to start seeing tons of miracles or, or crazy things and all that, but don't we want God's spirit to fill us, church? Yeah? We, we've sung this, God, pour out your spirit on us. That's the church we want to be. And so just remember, if you're like, well, it didn't actually say, <laughs> like it has with Peter, uh, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. It might as well have, because in verse 55, let's just make sure we're clear. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And, and only being full of the Spirit could he be that forgiving. And of course, it's not lost on all of us that are familiar with the story that Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Stephen is able to say something similar. Okay. Filling of the Holy Spirit. I don't always know what that looks like, but church, I want us to seek that. So that's definitely for us. Uh, the big thing from a, from a story like this is Stephen's bold faith to live on mission because there's a couple of things we've talked you know uh, alongside a lot of this Stephen could have oh you guys are right I guess I should stop I should stop because you guys are religious leaders and he, no he didn't he was bold about it right and then even in the middle of his trial when he gave a great defense <laughs> he even has the nerve and there's that word again that I'm not going to say, but I always want to say about being brave. It's kind of a street word to say it. Anyway, you'll figure it out later. Uh, here he is. He's brave and bold, and he says, it's not me. It's you guys, and it's really a drag. I'm pretty sure drag is the Greek word. Never mind. Um, he says, you're the spiritual leaders of our nation, and you don't get it. He had a bold faith, and, and look, very, very, very few of us are going to be confronted with a life-threatening thing because we say we follow Jesus. I know our world is changing. We talk about this a lot, too. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know how close we are to the end times. Well, clearly, when Jesus left, the end times started, so we're in the end times. But, I don't, you know, but, but generally speaking, none of us will probably have to make a defense like this and, and, and say, you know, for our lives. 
but people. What does it look like for you in your sitch? to be bold, to speak for Jesus. Again, what we know about Stephen before he was arrested, he was meeting needs, he was ministering, he was even doing some signs and wonders. He was telling people about Jesus. We know that's the story of Acts. We will be his witnesses. And he was living on mission. So that cannot be minimized or trivialized. That is the message of today's passage. Stephen's bold faith, how can we even partially capture that? And then I don't want to lose this part too because it's going to be a lot of what we see in the chapters ahead. This is to be, you know, a really clear picture of Jewish rejection of Jesus. Clearly we've seen it already, but now we're going to see that it's going to open the gospel to others. And as we've said, just to remind you, in Jerusalem, largely, if not, you know, 99% Jewish people coming to Jesus. Well, this this rejection by the Sanhedrin, the rejection by these leaders that is represented by their stoning one of Jesus' followers in such a horrific way. It's the beginning of the realization that, you know, there's a rejection by Jewish people that will lead to others being, uh, having opportunity to trust Jesus, and that's Gentiles, and that's, that's like most of us here. <laughs> so it's really, really good news. So rejection by... Um, by the Jews and, and what that means for the gospel and the Jesus movement moving forward. I want to, I, I sometimes throw these in. This is a, a little bit of a rough <laughs> trans, uh, transition or a rough illustration, but one of my uh, commentary guys says this. Consequently, the speech that, Jesus, that Stephen gives has its part in the total story of Acts in showing that the Jews to whom the gospel was first preached, had rejected it. And thus clearing the way for the church to turn away from Jerusalem and the temple and to evangelize further afield and ultimately to evangelize among the Gentiles. That's a marvelous message and reminder. With the Jews' rejection comes the open door for everyone, non-Jews, Gentiles of all sorts, to be exposed to, and, uh, to the gospel and trust in Jesus. All right, before we go, we're going to make sure you understand what it looks like for us to be moving the narrative along, because you're going to think, I don't want you to think I forgot something important. First of all, uh, you'll all be happy to know, perhaps, this ends the Jerusalem phase of Acts. We have been in Jerusalem the whole time. Remember in verse 1-8, in 1-8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we said, that's a roadmap for the book of Acts. So guess what? They're not real thirds, but we have, we have now we are closing the book on the Jerusalem part of the mission to bear witness to Jesus. And we see that the church is going to be scattered. Only the apostles will remain. And you guys, there are so many cool stories coming up. I really want you to uh, know that. There's some really fun stuff coming up to see how God used these guys in Judea and Samaria and farther, and then we're going to see Paul in the end, all that, you know. So uh, this is great stuff, but we're moving the narrative along. We're done with the Jerusalem phase. Oh, it is funny. 1-8 uh, was the map. You'll be my witnesses. 8-1 is where we ended today when he says, you know, we're, the church is scattered. So that's kind of, I thought, anyway, you're right. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> 
The other thing is I didn't want you to think I forgot. We are introduced to a guy named Saul. So the story today said as they were stoning Stephen, all these guys throwing rocks at Stephen were laying their coats down so they could, you know, get a good backswing and get a real shot at him. They were leaving their coats at a guy named Saul's feet. And then before we left the passage, it said uh, Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. So I know, I know my audience pretty well, and I know a lot of us know what happens with Saul, but just remember we're setting up a very important figure in the book of Acts in the, in the guy named Saul. So that will move the narrative along. I have been honestly, uh, I was going to say shaken, that's too strong. I have really been challenged by the book of Acts and this fresh look for me. I don't even know if I've delved in this deep. Again, breaking my rule, we're having a super long series about this to the point where some of you are going to be like, (laughs) but it's okay because we're going to get to some really great stories about how God works in the rest of the world now that we're leaving Jerusalem. But today, I don't want you to lose sight, church, of what it means to be a witness like Stephen. Because the whole point in talking through Acts and having our mission statement up every week that is to love God, love others, and what? Make disciples. That's really living on mission. It's said differently the way they say it as we are going to bear witness to Jesus, death, resurrection, and ascension. He's the Messiah. He's God's guy, the only way to have a relationship with the God of the universe. That's mission. And we want to live on it as much as Peter did, as much as Stephen did. Let's pray. God, thanks. Thanks for your word and the way it speaks to us. I think I say this every week, Lord, but I I thank you for the way it still speaks to us all these years later. Uh, To see how you worked through people, how you worked by yourself, uh, how you poured out your spirit on, on on the church, on your people. God, we pray that for ourselves as we look in the book of Acts. God, I pray that we would even have just a small portion of the faith and trust and boldness that Stephen had and that we would know what it means to really share you in every circumstance, no matter how frightening or how difficult. So God, I pray that we would be a little more like Stephen. And God, as we look at more and more of Acts in the weeks ahead, God, I pray you would work through it. God, I do pray that you would pour out your spirit on Bueller MB, and we would be the church you want us to be. God, thank you for today. I pray that you would be with anyone who needs your special touch today. And God, I pray that you would draw near to every, uh, every case and circumstance of what's going on in our lives. And God, I'm thankful for uh, a church that is generous. I pray that you would bless every gift, every offering that is given today, and may it be used well in the service of your kingdom in the building of your church. God, we are so grateful to know you, and we're so grateful to be your people. We love you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so as usual, if you would like to fill out one of those cards, I gave you a heads up. I'm going to keep trying to do that. You can drop them in the receptacles. They're really just buckets on the way out. Same thing for offerings and tithes. If you'd like to drop them uh, into the buckets, that would be great. And I have not, for, uh, just to remind you again, it is Father's Day, and if you are a male, you get your sweet tooth taken care of by Bueller MB today. Uh, we'll have groups around.
around 11. And then uh, if you'd like to join us again for Rose's service at 2 o'clock this afternoon, that would be marvelous. So hope you have a great day. Peace.